Welcome in, everybody. We've got another episode of Sports Chatter, finally. We haven't talked to you since football season, and due to some, you know, got a new job, and we had some crazy schedules going on, so we haven't been able to get back and sit down and do one in a couple months, but here we are. Uh, Topic today, none other than the NCAA tournament. I mean, what else? Um, This is a tournament that's like a national holiday for me. Take a couple days off work, sit around for four days on the opening weekend, and Watch some hoops. We got treated to some great action. I'm joined by good friend Corey Parks. Uh, Corey, it's NCAA tournament time, one of the best times of the year, right? Absolutely. Uh, we always love the tournament. Hate that we're adults now because <laughs> you used to sometimes fall during spring break, so that was always cool. And sometimes it fell during school, but teachers would usually be cool and let us watch. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty awesome. I don't get to enjoy it quite as much as Kyle does. He – he goes all out. I don't quite get to go that much, but uh, glad to be back on a podcast, and hopefully we can do a few more. Um, I am getting married soon, though, so probably <laughs> my time might be getting cut a little short, but we'll see. They always tell you the real world hits you hard, and uh, you want to stay a child as long as you can. Well, that's what I did over the over the weekend. Sat had four TVs set up. March Madness, Mar- March Madness Central. So it was it was great, and you know we. On Friday and Sunday, we got thrown around a lot that, you know, these are these could be one of the best days in NCAA tournament history. And I think we get caught in the moment sometimes about that kind of stuff. But seriously, especially Sunday night, I don't know that you've ever seen anything quite as exciting as those finishes. No, I'd, I'd say that this was probably, I mean, just overall was probably the best one. That, like you say, every year we kind of talk about it. Well, a few years back, there was a – like it seemed like every game was a buzzer beater, which yeah. is, I mean, that's that's really good, and that's one part. But th- there's so many other parts to this tournament, like the upsets and the close finishes and the buzzer beaters and the insane comebacks, and it just seems like every game. So it's it's just fun. Well, one thing we're gonna go ahead and get out of the way. Uh, everybody's brackets up in flames for the most part. Um, as we stand after the uh, first two rounds, I'm in the ninth percentile on ESPN. Uh, so I'm we, in the 98.5, <laughs> but uh, I have no points <laughs> remaining, so that's great. Yeah, we, I mean, it just – had a good first day, though. 15 yeah, out of 16, that was a good day. Yeah, that's that's better than I can never say I did. Then and Friday, we kind of just threw gasoline on the fire. I mean, it, it just gets to time. the point where you, none, of, none of us know. I mean, it, it's all – it's all luck of the draw, and some of us make better educated guesses, I, I guess. But no, man, you, it's you talk about get brought down to earth. Pick fifteen out of sixteen. Next, next day, your national champion loses. I mean, I yeah. was uh, I was feeling pretty solid about my myself, and then. Uh, so usually, so what happens is the person that watches the least basketball all year wins your bracket pool. No matter who you are, no matter what you're doing, that's usually how it works. But we got that out of the way, so. You know, let's not even worry about your bracket anymore. That our champions are both gone. I know we both had Michigan State, but let's look back at the first the first four days, and then we'll give you some insight on the Sweet Sixteen yeah, matchups. Listen to us about who's going to win, even though we don't know. <laughs> and then pick the opposite. We'll be back. We want to take a few seconds and thank our great friends from Parks Contracts for being such a great sponsor to our show. Uh, Parks Contracts can handle all of your residential and light commercial heating and air needs. So that's Parks Contracts. You can give them a call at 680-6900. 
That's 680-6900. All right, now let's go ahead and, and kind of look back. We'll start We'll start on Thursday, the opening day, give you some of the highlights, and then we'll keep going that way. On Thursday, you know, the tournament starts with a, with a bang. You know, I think Duke won easily, uh, Butler won, UConn won. Just some the first first several games were about ten point games. You know, kind of kind of get you get you set up for uh, for some great ones. The first big upset comes off the board. Twelve CDL takes down Baylor. Uh, just kind of assumed Baylor would would out athlete them. And I mean, Yale looked like the better basketball team that entire game. Well, we some we we trusted Baylor. I don't know if we I don't know if you did, but I did. That was the only game I missed the first day. <laughs> but you know they lo- they lost last year as a three seed to a fourteen. So yeah. uh, for some reason we expected different results, even though not a lot's changed for them. So uh, they they uh, let us down again. Torian Prince uh, had a great little thing uh, in his post game press conference, which was hilarious. I'm sure most of you probably saw it on Twitter or other forms of media, but it was it was great. So that yeah. was probably the best part of that game. Yeah, in that post game press conference, Torian Prince was asked like, "How in the world does Yale out rebound Baylor?" And he gave about the best smart aleck response you can. Uh, so if you haven't seen that, look that up. Really, really funny stuff. But yeah, Yale. I mean, they just played fundamental basketball and and beat them. I mean, there's no other way to put it. Um, but you know, after that, you know, the next round of games, uh, we had our second 12-5 upset. You know, you always hear those. Last year was the first time in a handful of years that we didn't have any. But this year, the first two come right off the board. Arkansas Little Rock beat Purdue in double overtime, and man, that. That was a team. You know, I was glad I picked. You put me on Little Rock. You said they were really good, but I mean, my gosh, Purdue blows a 12, 13 point lead with like with just under three minutes to go. Yeah, we thought we had seen a comeback in that one <laughs> until yesterday, but yeah, that was a that was just a crazy game. Like that, I forget the guy's name. Number three, Josh Hagens. Josh Hagens. Yeah, he he just went nuts. He had like two points at halftime, and he scores like thirty in the second half, and he was just hitting everything. Like he hits like a Steph Curry type shot yep. uh, to send it to OT, and then it ends up going to double overtime. It was a, it was a, it was one of the best ball games of the, of that definitely of that first day, but of the tournament. I, um, the only reason I thought Little Rock was good because I saw their record and I never really watched them, <laughs> but uh, they were well, entertaining team. They yeah, that was a that was a team there of two similar styles. Both you know don't score a lot, slow it down, play defense. And that's why that's why it was assumed Purdue had the advantage. They had well, the better players in Purdue the same type I mean, of system. Should, obviously, they should have won the game. They have a they have two seven foot guys or taller, and they quit that, throwing it to them. Yeah, that just dominated. And then they yeah they quit giving the ball and they lost. So uh, yeah, I just not very good execution, coaching, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, not good coaching. And then you see this over and over again. Teams get a big lead, they sit on the ball in the final minutes, throws them all out of whack. And they end up getting either barely squeaking it out or even blowing it. Uh, but you know, the next several games were kind of kind of the same way. You know, they keep you entertained for a little while. Florida Gulf Coast of sixteen had North Carolina. They were only down one at the half, but North Carolina pulls away. Uh, Wichita State just annihilates Arizona, which is just a little unexpected. Um, <laughs> I had yeah, it in the Elite Eight. Wichita, you know that just that program. Yeah. They're solid and come tournament time. But you know, in that last game of the day, Providence beats USC on the final on the final seconds because Chris Dunn, Providence's best player, they all focus on them 
And this the one guy just kind of squeaks out of the pile when Dunn sprints for the three-point line. Dude cuts the other way. He's wide open under the basket, inbound the ball, layup, game over, USC done. I mean, it just – you got to – it, I don't know, man. You just that's, you, you got to play better late situations. I was, I was feeling like destiny was on my side at that point because <laughs> that was uh, I had Providence and I hit that was the last game, so I had 15 out of 16. I thought I knew what I was doing, but um, USC, yeah, late in the game they they focused they were all on done and that in, that last inbounds play was just uh, it was terrible defense, but. I mean, you got to stay with your man. Give credit. I mean, you also got to give credit to the inbounder though that he's focused on that guy too. You know, it, yeah, it's real easy as an inbounder to have one guy that you're going to, and he saw the guy cut open. Probably just, it probably wasn't even. I mean, just set play. It was probably it, honestly, it was probably just the spur of the moment. The guy saw what happened and cut. So it was good execution for them. Bad for USC, but uh, a good win for Providence because. They haven't they haven't done that well in a while. So. Yeah, that's true. And they they've got two really good players. And when you get in the NCAA tournament, which one thing you focus on is teams that have got star players on the floor. Those are the kind of players that win games in the tournament. Um, but you know, if we if you move on to Friday, the second second day of the first round, um, you look kind of look at the results. The first thing that stands out is 13 seed Hawaii pretty much owned Cal from the start. Now California down two of their best players, and I don't. Some people have a little some opinions on Quanzo Martin as a coach, and all that added up. Hawaii just they just beat them, and they. I mean Hawaii looked like the better team. I mean even even though Cal was down, they were a little out of sync, didn't have a point guard, really. I mean Hawaii just looked good. Yeah, Hawaii was a team that a lot of people were talking about before that game, and that actually came true. You know, it was there's always underdog talk. We always the experts and the people on TV and the media always, you know, ha- jump on a few teams and they they correctly jumped they correctly picked Hawaii because Hawaii was they were they were superior partially probably because Cal was down players but um yeah, that was their first ever NCAA tournament win, so I mean, that's a big big for their program because they can't mm-hmm. play in the NCAA tournament next year, yeah. so they kind of rallied around that. So that's a good story for them, for the players and it kind of rewarded them, so that was cool to see. Yeah, in the game right after that, the biggest upset of the day. Uh, Middle Tennessee, a 15 seed, takes down Michigan State, who was a, one of the favorites to win the national championship. Uh, Middle Tennessee got out to a 17-2 start with just blazing hot shooting. And I remember telling you throughout the game, like, no, nah, it's okay, Michigan State's going to take over. Middle Tennessee was going to come back down to earth. But even when Middle Tennessee came back down to earth, they just – they just beat Michigan State. Uh, I'm saying that a lot, but you know, there's a lot, these lower seed teams. They just went out and won the games. It wasn't like fluke stuffs happening. I mean, Middle Tennessee just, I mean, they they came out hot, sustained Michigan State's run, and then they just they played well down the stretch. They made, I mean, they made a lot of shots, but it's just like Michigan State could never quite get. They get like within three or five, and then Middle Tennessee would hit a shot, and it was yep. just like. It would it was it was crazy to watch. It's like me and you were joking during the game, like you know, if if Michigan State wins this game, they're winning the NCAA tournament. Like they're coming back and gonna be focused. But they just and that was that was tough to see for for their seniors and because Denzel Valentine's a heck of a player and see a guy's career kind of end like that, it's kind of a dud. And I, I was I was real Izzo after the game was kind of talking about how the media gets caught up in you know what have you done for me lately, and it's kind of sad that 
we're going to just talk about this loss and not focus on the positives of the season and of their careers. And it was just uh, kind of brought the, the unfortunate side of losing in the tournament, especially as a heavy favorite. But well, College basketball has turned into a one-month sport. Yeah. I mean, the, you, it's conference tournament, NCAA tournament. The fans aren't really worried about what you did before that. Yeah. Um, and but it, shout out Conference USA. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it sucks from the UAB perspective. You know, UAB should have been in that position. They were the be- they were the best team in Conference USA this year, flopped in the conference tournament, and now they don't get that but, chance. I mean, just real quick, Conference USA. Why is why are they a 15 seed? Like that, they're not like the eighth worst conference. Or they the got to raise probably the, probably the tenth worst conference is what that would put. They're not. There's ten. There are nine or ten worst conferences. I don't understand. They got to raise a profile of their league. I mean, it's it's just one of those things where you look at teams by the eye test. I mean, you take the top six ish teams in Conference USA, pretty good ball clubs, but they're not playing anybody out of conference. Uh, some of the teams like UAB's having a hard time getting teams, you know, to schedule with them because they're a good mid major now, and some of but, them just aren't trying to schedule like, anybody. Like UAB wins, maybe they're a fourteen seed. If they win the conference tournament, but like Little Rock, they're a 12 seed. They're from the Sun Belt. Sun Belt's not superior to Conference USA. I don't think. No, I, but I, see I don't. Where you're going. I don't know. It doesn't. It, it doesn't really matter. Michigan State should win regardless. But that, that's a good 15 seed. Yeah. All right, moving on. You know, Iowa. Right after Iowa beats Temple at the buzzer. Um, yeah, Iowa threw up a shot. The guy. It was a terrible shot, and then the guy under the basket shoved the Temple player to the ground and rebounded it, put it in, and the refs ran off the court as fast as they could. Yeah, I was mad. I had had Iowa. I mean, I had Temple, so that wasn't that was wrong. <laughs> yeah, and I, then Iowa, and then Temple was going to beat Villanova, but you know, whatever. A yeah, salt, a little salt there. Another big upset on the day: Stephen F. Austin beats West Virginia. This is another game where, like the Little Rock Purdue, two same styles. Brad Underwood, coach at SFA. Coached under Huggins at uh, when they were at Kansas State, and you just kind of thought, well, West Virginia's got the better players; they should win. Stephen F. Austin, their last loss of the year before the NCAA tournament was to UAB way back, like December the twenty eighth or something. Now their best player Thomas Walkup didn't play well that day, but you know to run off eighteen straight after that UAB game, pretty impressive. But yeah, they they just manhandled West Virginia. Yeah, and I thought West Virginia was good, so. They 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 won from start to finish really so yeah you you keep going and you, it's just so much craziness going on on this day you go down to the last three games of the day were insane the Northern Iowa Texas game Texas looks like you know they they struggled to, it was a back and forth Northern Iowa got out big then Texas got out to a lead in the second half Northern Iowa comes back takes another late lead. Texas drives in, gets the gets the basket with a few seconds to go. Northern Iowa inbounds, half court shot, bang, game over. Uh, who was it? Who was it made the shot? Jesperson, yeah, hero. And and you, he let ball of his hand. He knew it was gold. Yep, and I knew it was gold. <laughs> they always go in every time. And they really do. And and you're thinking then that Northern Iowa, that's that's going to be the story of their tournament. You know what a shot. Little did we know. Um, but, yeah, and you move in. Notre Dame beats Michigan. That was a tight game right to the end. Michigan yeah. kind of fell on their face in the last few minutes. And then you know, St. Joe's, uh, tight ball game with Cincinnati. They, they're going back and forth late in the game. Uh, St. Joe's finally takes the lead. Cincinnati doesn't call a timeout, flies down the floor. Um, 
and the guy dishes it off to Octavius Ellis, who jams it home. And instead of lay, if he lays it up, it's good. They're going to overtime, but instead he jams it. He holds the ball too long. Clock expires. Yeah, it's, they a, lose. T- it's a tough situation because if you lay it in, you you leave the risk of missing. A dunk's easier. It's a higher percentage, but and in, in that in that instance of time, you know, who it's hard to think, you know, clearly. But yeah, if he lays it in, they go to overtime. You never know what happens. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's the first round for you. Just a lot of great stuff going on. Um, and we'll, in, in just a second, we'll move on to the second round. So we've taken you through the best parts of uh, days one and two of the NCAA tournament. Now on to days three and four, starting the second round. Saturday you know, was, was a good day in terms of, you know, most of the games were, were good up until the final minutes. They didn't have any buzzer beaters, anything crazy like that. Um, you know, Wichita State got down in a big hole to Miami. They come back, make it close, can't pull it off. Duke gets out big on Yale early. Yale comes back, makes a game of it, can't pull it out. Um, Indiana beats Kentucky in a in a wild game, but it's just one of those that it kind of slipped away from Kentucky with about five or six minutes to go, and then it just kind of, you know, it's so hard with those young teams. You just don't have that that senior to, to rely on. But, um, you know, other than that, yeah, Butler Virginia was a, Butler was a Virginia good game. was it was good for a while. There's a lot of good games, like you said, but we have we expect <laughs> if there's not a buzzer beater, it was a bad day. So Friday spoils you. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, as a as a Gonzaga homer, seeing them just annihilate Utah was awesome. But I mean, shoot, they won by 23 points. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's just that they, game was never close. I would say that I would honestly would say they were the most impressive team of the of the tournament so far. Yeah, and you know, it's it's kind of it's a bummer when like if you look at your bracket and I pick Butler and Providence to knock off one seeds and both of them flop. So it's just one of those where you get frustrated in that second day easily because if you your teams don't start advancing, but if you move into Sunday. Um, we're going to be talking about this day for a long time. Uh, the day started off, oddly enough, with a blowout. Villanova destroyed Iowa. Iowa, not going to say they didn't show up, but they they did not play well in the least. And then you move right in to Notre Dame beating Stephen F. Austin on a tip-in at the buzzer. And, you know, that's just – that's crazy. I mean, what, yeah, <laughs> what else game, do you expect? That game was close all the way through. Uh, Stephen F. Austin – I mean, honestly, they kind of look like the better team for a lot of the game. They were. I definitely they, think so. Uh, Notre Dame won because of August down low. He he dominated down yeah. low, and he was just a beast. But besides that, you know, and honestly, just just saying it, we were we were both rooting for Stephen F. Austin. I mean, no we want to see no them doubt. come through, and it was it's kind of a tough one to swallow when they when they lost. You know, you know, but uh, it was a great game. But just. Well, you hate it when the underdogs don't execute well down the stretch, and that's what costs them. Yeah. I think Stephen F. Austin outplayed Notre Dame in this game, but when they got their when they got this little lead, they sat on, they stopped running their offense, they held the ball till eight seven seconds left on the shot clock, and then forced something up, and it didn't work two or three times in a row, and Notre Dame Notre Dame pounced on them. Yeah. Um, VCU Oklahoma that was kind of a game of surges. VCU. They got down, they came back, made it real tight, and then Buddy Heald, who was quiet most of the day, Buddy Heald takes over Played late good in the and second just half, yeah. 
killed him. He he wasn't he was awful in the first half. <laughs> he was airballing and everything else. But yeah, second half he was he was player of the year type player for uh, sure. Mid afternoon, Middle Tennessee and Hawaii's uh, dreams they end basically. Uh, Hawaii was in that game with Maryland for a while, and Melo Trimble, boy, that guy's got some talent. Uh, he, he, oh yeah, that's a talented team right there. Oh they're, yeah, their their first five, maybe the best in the country, just talent wise. But they they're not deep and they don't execute on offense well enough, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I mean, I think they're they're super talented, and but they're one of those teams they could lose in the first round, they could win the national championship, one of those. But um, in case you don't know, Mark Turgeon, Maryland's head coach. Head coach at Jacksonville State for a handful of years, uh, shoot, late nineties. Um, so that's that's a good local tie there. Yeah, this is their first Sweet Sixteen since two thousand three when they won the championship. I heard that. I was really surprised because that's a basketball power. Yeah, it, you would think, but they've they've struggled, I guess, to get that far. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's kind of one of those things you see where Gary Williams was there for a long time, and and towards the end of a a tenure like that, they always just yeah, seem to tail got, off. They got stale. They yeah. did. They did for sure. Uh, but uh, the last three games of the day, just I thought Twitter was about to blow up, and I was contributing to it. I mean, it's it just craziness. Um, I want to I want to kind of get out of order here. Oregon beat St. Joe's because St. Joe's couldn't get up a shot in the last minute. Oh yeah, they they had was, two like straight possessions said, where they just they got up and they tried to sit on the ball and then. Um, well, they had the shot clock violation, and then the final possession, they didn't even get a shot up. They turned it over. Yeah, and then the guy like tried to go rugby and <laughs> spear the guy, and yeah. somehow that wasn't more than a common foul. I don't really understand. I mean, I was kind of glad because it kept the game even like you know possible. But that I, what the heck that guy was doing? But he just came barreling in there. That was so pretty entertaining. Yeah, yeah. Oregon, Oregon hangs on. They're one seed. They look okay. Uh, they may, they might can make some noise. And it's, it's, it tells you something about this Northern Iowa-Texas A&M game that this Wisconsin game, Bronson Caning, cold-blooded, buries two threes, one at the buzzer to give Wisconsin the win over Xavier. And it's like, you know, that's the secondary headline. I mean, that that guy, well, he's, not, he's not a shooter. Yeah, if you, don't have, if you didn't have two TVs, you didn't see that game, though. Exactly. I mean, you missed it. Yeah. And what you know, or or if you maybe were following along on the screen, but yeah, two. Once you had two TVs, there's a good chance you didn't see that live, which is just unfortunate for you because that was just incredible. Well, and I, I granted, I have not watched Wisconsin at all this, but Bronson Caning, I remember him on the teams of the past two years, and he was not a very good offensive player, but he hit six threes last night, and man, I mean, those two threes he hit at the end were, I mean, you can't do any better than that. Yeah. It, Frank Kaminsky, I, you know that everybody saw yeah. that video of him reacting. <laughs> like they said, like he comes back to like where the guy was filming, and he was like Bronson with like a like a question, like he made that. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? So that was kind of funny. And his reaction after he made the shot was just awesome. He was. In case you didn't see that, Frank Kaminsky jumps out of his his seat in the living room or whatever, and runs into the kitchen and does like a baseball slide. slides into home plate. Yeah. yeah, so he was he was pumped up to see his team get back to Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, and that just that's incredible because that team was really bad to start the year, and like I still don't know up, that they're great. I don't either, but they're in the Sweet Sixteen. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, great. That's the great thing about basketball. Yeah, exactly. Basketball. Um, but the last game we need to talk about Northern Iowa and Texas A and M. Um, that's going to go down. I don't know how long it's going to be until that's topped because that is 
I mean, this, we always say never could be one day, but yeah, they, I mean, that's they overcame a twelve point deficit in the last 30, 40 ish, well, thirty eight seconds of that you game. And I, yeah, you and I scored like forty two seconds to go up twelve. And yeah, then they come back down. So probably thirty six mark, thirty eight mark is when they scored to get it to ten. But yeah. still, I mean, I mean, and then, and so they went on a fourteen to two run in the final thirty some seconds. seconds. Yeah, and I mean, if you didn't, if you didn't see it, I mean. Northern Iowa just turned the ball over three or four times. A&M got lucky. They hit a couple shots. And the last play, guy gets caught in the corner. He basically he tries to throw the ball off a Texas A&M defender and go out of bounds, but he misses him, so it bounces right into the middle of the lane. Guy picks it up. The guy made an athletic layup. Made a, yeah, you're a step, get around him, lays it in. Laid it in high off the glass. Could have easily missed the shot, but we didn't really talk much about that. But that was a uh... – Well, the, and, and then even after that, Instead of driving the floor, Paul Jesperson gets the ball and chunks it up from half court. Well, that with, wasn't until the first overtime. Well, that was in the first overtime. Yeah, mean, the guy had like a three-quarter court to win the game okay, in, yeah. in regulation. So, and, But, yeah, first overtime, yeah, Paul, he got a little pumped up with about six seconds and fired one from half court. Have you court. ever seen somebody do a heat check from half court? I mean, he, he's thinking in his mind, man, I'm going to be the hero this way twice. And and then in the second overtime, it just it, their top three players, their two of them were fouled out. The third one was injured. It just kind of yeah. unraveled on them. No A and M. No matter what you want to say about how bad you and I, I mean, it, to keep the fight down twelve. I mean, typically you see guys hanging their heads, and they just they they were very calm. They they'd steal the ball and they'd go make a layup. They weren't trying to shoot threes. They were they were fine with getting a dunk or a layup. And, like, that's that's underestimated because if a guy – you know, if you get a steal and kick it out for three and miss and they get a rebound, you didn't accomplish anything. Right. But these guys are getting the ball, running in, making a layup, making a layup, just chipping, chipping, chipping. Yeah. And, I, you know, there's what? a lot of things that happen, like the and one with Caruso to get yeah. it to two points. Yeah. Was it really an and one? Probably not, but it doesn't matter because it shouldn't even have been in that situation. Yeah, and, like – and I, I'm one of the people I can't stand when coaches keep fouling when you know the game's over. Like when you're down ten with ten seconds to go, quit fouling. But Texas A&M, I remember when when House, I think it may have been Cruz, somebody hit a layup to put them, bring them within ten, thirty some seconds to go. Yeah, it was and Caruso. they're and they're going, all right, let's go, let's go, let's go. Yeah. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, just stop. And but now. Man, teams aren't never gonna start stop fouling now. Yeah. Well, the crazy part is they only they only they never fouled them. They right. never shot free throws the whole time. And the other one, they you and I leaked out for a dunk. Yeah. So, so th- but yeah. yeah, there was not a foul committed. Yeah. Just which I mean, and that's another thing is like the refs probably got pretty excited about it <laughs> and weren't calling fouls that because a lot of times in that situation like they'll trap and the refs will just call a foul when there's not a foul. Yeah. And so like that was another thing the refs were. You know, they didn't just blow the whistle just because. So that was another important part of it. But Yeah, so that, that day is gonna go down for the ages. And, and a lot of a lot of people had to eat crow on Twitter because they were making fun of the SEC. So well, it, ha, that, ha. that and you know, Seth Davis always does a Sharpie thing on Twitter where he'll he'll tweet out so and so Sharpie. Because that's just his way of he's marking it down. It's over. Well, he writes it on a he, he he writes it on a bracket. He's a and blank he's bracket. well. He's never ever since he started doing that. He's never been wrong. He's never tweeted out something wrong. And he started doing the sharpie thing. I have to go back. I'm not sure, 
But I think the reason he started doing that is because of something like, you know, he, he called a team to win and they ended up coming back and losing. But since he started doing the Sharpie thing, he's always been careful to wait to that point in the game where you can say Sharpie. And last night he tweeted out with 40-some-odd seconds of the game, Northern Iowa, Sharpie, and it blew up in his face. Yeah, he did it with Duke <laughs> in the Yale game, and that almost came back to get him. He yeah. did that really early, and so people were really – I think it was like 20 points, and they got it to like 14 pretty quick, and people were like, oh, watch yeah. out. And yeah. That one didn't come true, but it got him. So, But anyways. Kind of fun, lighthearted part. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just it's just so much fun. I mean, I, I had a blast watching all those games. Um, first four days of the tournament were phenomenal. And in just a second, we will get you ready for the Sweet 16. All right, so you get a couple-day break to kind of breathe a little bit, settle in after four great days. Now you get ready for the Sweet 16. That gets going on Thursday night. The uh, early time block has got two games. Um, first one is Miami and Villanova. Um, I mean, you know, two two teams from, from the East Coast that have been playing well and both survived second-round games. Um, Jim Laranega is coach of Miami. He knows how to coach in the tournament. Jay Wright has not really had a lot of success in the tournament. So in this one, it, you, you're just kind of thinking, you know, Angel Rodriguez at Miami running the show. Villanova's really talented. I think it'd be a great game. Yeah, it should be a pretty solid game. You know, that's that bracket's held to form. So uh, I think it'll be a close game throughout. Villanova's playing pretty good, it seems like. So um, I'm going to pick Miami, though, because that's how I picked in my bracket. So <laughs> I'm going to stand with it. Yeah, I'd be interested to see if Villanova can, can kind of keep the mojo because they've had a lot of early exits lately. Uh, it's at you know same time block that night, Texas A&M, Oklahoma. You know, Texas A&M's thinking, you know, we're done. They make the great comeback. Oklahoma's got the best player in the country. Um, I thought Texas A&M would make their run to the Final Four, but even before that comeback, I just don't think they played that well. No, they they didn't play good at all in that game yesterday. Um, they played pretty well in the first round. Uh, if they if they'll get, play as a team and their guys won't try to be heroes, they're a good team. So uh, they can beat Oklahoma if they pound the ball inside yep. and shut down Hield, which everybody's going to try to do. If you <laughs> shut luck. down Hield, you win. Yep. So uh, I think they have a chance. I'll pick, I think Oklahoma's going to win, but it should another two three matchup. So it should be a good game. Yeah, late time block. Maryland takes on Kansas. Uh, this is a game, you know, I honestly don't see Kansas having a lot of trouble with Maryland. If Kansas shows up, I mean, Kansas has got has got as much talent as Maryland, but I think they're a better team than Maryland. Yeah, they got a lot of experience at Kansas. They make they got several good shooters, some good athletes. Bill Self, he he's he rocks out during the tournament usually. Yep. They're Kansas just a traditional power. I think they I think they'll win. That might be could be the most lopsided game of the Sweet 16, really, in my and, opinion. And as soon as we say that, that'll be the best oh, game. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Last game on Thursday night is Duke and Oregon. I've been really low on Duke just because if, if they don't have that team like they had last year that was just great and everybody knew it, they've had, they've really had their struggles in the tournament. And this is one of those teams that I didn't think was ready for the tournament. Um, but Grayson Allen, I mean, shot the ball lights out. So far, uh, Brandon Ingram has really, really looked good for just being a freshman. And so, you know, we'll see. Duke, I mean, this is two teams that somebody's got to win it. And I, I mean, I think both of them are kind of, you know, like we've never been here before. 
Now, obviously, Shashevsky has, but the players at Duke haven't been in this yeah. situation before, and neither some has of them. Oregon. I mean, some of them have. They won the championship last year, a few guys, obviously, not any important pieces. Right. Um, neither one of these teams have played really much competition to this point. You know, Duke's played two double-digit seeds. Yeah. Oregon had St. Joe's, which is a close game, but – uh, they kind of play the same style. They're kind of both just have a lot of athletes out there, not really big on the inside, just kind of long athletic guys who like to drive and shoot. So I think I think it'd be a pretty interesting game. I think it could be up and down, high yeah. scoring game. Uh, Oregon's when Oregon's making shots, they're they're really hard to beat. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I think Oregon will win because I think Duke just doesn't have quite enough talent this year. So yeah, I if you, I think I'll pick Oregon. Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly have no idea who who's going to win that game. I mean, I don't, I don't even know. But um, if you move into Friday, uh, first first game, Iowa State Virginia. Well, I don't know. I mean, I think Virginia's Virginia's style makes them so susceptible to an upset in the tournament. But then again, Iowa State, you know, this is the team that flopped against UAB last year. But they just they feel they look like they're just they're ready. They look like they're determined to make their run and. Um, they got a lot of experience on that team, and George Yang is a phenomenal player. We talk about Virginia, me and you do all the time, and like their style leaves them open to beat anybody or to lose to anybody. Kind of like you know, I would say Alabama has been the last several years is that you know you defend really well, yeah. you have a system that you don't really deviate from offensively. Some games you just light it up, some games you don't. I, you know, Iowa State, they're they're good. They're they're probably the best. Four seed, maybe one of the best four seeds in the tournament. Probably were the best four seed. Um, uh, George Niang's really awesome. He's going to do everything he can. I, I mean, I think they can win. I, I do. I think that they have a good chance to win. So we'll, we'll see. The thing that Virginia's got going for them is their outside shooting is just lights out compared to where it has been, and that is that's what spells trouble for teams that they hold them close. They hold them close. Milk the shot clock. Bang! Hit a three, and that hurts. Um, but anyways, the next game is Wisconsin-Notre Dame. Um, I think Notre Dame's a better team, but Wisconsin's just got that moxie about him. Like, you know, that Nigel Hayes, is he's so much fun. He, he's, a, he's, a fun he's a fun guy off the court. You see him kind of like in the press conferences last year just kind of cutting up and, and being a lot of fun to, to watch and, and all that. And we'll see how Canning plays again after his, his buzzer beater. And, and Notre Dame, they just – they just kind of seem like a solid team. Mike Bray's doing a good job with them. Well, neither one of these teams probably were supposed to be this here, and so they're both kind of playing with house money a little bit. So we'll see. It's two, you know, two I would call fundamentally good basketball teams. Two teams that play the right way. So we'll see. I should be like I say. It should be another great. All these games should be close. I don't. Yeah. I don't see many of them being blowouts, but. Um, yeah, Wisconsin just seems like they're kind of in a little bit of a groove. So we'll, uh, if they can, if if they shoot like they did last game, you know, if they, if Bronson's hitting those shots, they'll they'll probably win. But uh, should be should be a nice matchup. Yeah, the, I mean, I don't know. I don't see either one of those teams advancing to the Final Four. But no, um, I, don't, I don't either. I don't think either one's beating UNC. Yeah, the the last night, the last game of the night is Indiana North Carolina. They. Uh, Two blue bloods. I mean, two good teams. North Carolina's really good. Um, Indiana coming off a big win. Probably another good game. Indiana's had a really good they're, bounce back. They're bounce. They're balanced. They uh, they're they have a good guard. They have a really good big man, Thomas Bryant. He's really athletic. They can shoot. They're 
This is probably one of Tom Crean's. They were underseeded for sure as a five. I mean, they won the Big Ten regular season or shared it anyway. Yeah. They, this is a really good Indiana team, and they can compete with North Carolina. I mean, they can make it a game. Uh, UNC's got to start better than they have lately. Um, they played terrible in the first half against against Florida Gulf Coast. They didn't play that great against Providence early. They they can't do that every game and expect to win every game. So if they get off to a good start, they should win. Yeah, and I didn't forget about Gonzaga. Um, yeah, yeah, you did. The double digits in uh, this game, Gonzaga and Syracuse, 10 versus 11. Um, Gonzaga has looked really good the first two games, which is something that we haven't seen a lot in the last couple of years. Um, but, man, I Gonzaga lost to Syracuse in the tournament a couple of years ago, and they just, they've always struggled with that zone. And I know everybody's been talking about it from Gonzaga's side of things is, Oh, they can't match up against the zone, but then again, the way I don't I don't know I just I feel like Gonzaga they're playing so well right now, even if Syracuse crashes on Sabonis, which people have already been doing, he's still I mean he's still playing so well right now he's such a monster down low, he's got he's out there, Silas Melson and Josh Perkins played really well against Utah from the guard spot, and then you got and, Kyle Wilcher who just doesn't miss. Yeah, and McClellan was making threes. Yeah. I mean, obviously, that, that's the key against the zone. You got to make shots. But Sabonis is a monster on the glass too, and that's a, that's where you can take advantage of a zone typically and ordinarily. I I think having this, you know, from Saturday to Friday really yeah. to prepare that that helps Gonzaga an awful lot. You know, if they'd have had to turn around and play him on you know a day's rest and get prepared, it's a little tougher. But to have that much time to put in your sets for a zone and really pick apart his own I think that favors Gonzaga a little bit and I, I think Syracuse is bound to come back down I mean they, they were a 10 seed for, year, that's right? what I'm saying they yeah. were a fringe team of getting in a lot of people thought they maybe shouldn't even get in so I think they're going to come down to earth a little bit and Gonzaga's just on a roll at least so I, I yeah think they I mean the, win. the biggest thing Gonzaga's just got to be able to get the ball to Sabonis they got to get him the touches they can't just Give up if it give it, if it's hard to get it to him. Force. I mean, you got to get the ball into him. Yeah, if can, Wilcher's probably an X factor too. If he's knocking threes down, it, they Gonzaga should have a really good chance. Yeah. So that's your that's your Sweet Sixteen. Look ahead. Um, that takes place Thursday and Friday, and then the winners play on Saturday and Sunday. Um, so you know, take a couple of days to to catch your breath and uh, get ready for another great run in this tournament. I'll, I'll definitely be watching. Hope you will be too. And let us know what you think. Uh, but we'll be back. This is uh, Kyle Farley along with Corey Parks uh, saying goodbye for now. <laughs>